0: welcome to pilot boys the podcast we review the first episode of the tv shows my name is caesar today i have a guest
1: hi i'm karen
0: karen is my girlfriend and friend i
1: guess right barely
0: Today, we are doing Black Monday, which is a new show by David Caspi and Jordan Cahan. The first episode was directed by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. But this might sound familiar, or I guess it wouldn't sound familiar, but we recently recorded this episode, and the audio was totally shitty. did not work at all. And this is us re-recording it, but originally, in the first podcast we recorded, you said that Evan Goldberg... Was the person in Fifty Fifty that it was based off of? Right. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was Evan Goldberg's roommate who oh. had that had happened to him, but it wasn't Evan Goldberg himself.
1: Uh, well, when I remember reading up about Fifty Fifty, yeah, I guess I got I got the stories confused. Yeah. but I thought it was based on Evan Goldberg.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, they're
1: related, but yeah, no, you're wrong.
0: Anyway, the show stars st-
1: I, but I knew that I knew that it was based sort of on real life, and you did not know that.
0: Anyway, uh, moving on to things that you denied matter. it. You were wrong. So, the first episode stars, or the series stars Don Cheadle as Maurice Monroe, Andrew Reynolds as Blair, and Regina Hall as Don Darcy. Let's get into the recap of the first episode.
1: You wrote a very beautiful paragraph.
0: Oh my god. This is the first episode where I had written something to describe it, and I read it in the first podcast, but it just sounded really, like, droney. So, the story kind of centers around the...
1: So this is off-the-cuff recap?
0: This is like off-the-cuff with notes. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it centers around Black Monday. which You have note cards in front of which you. Which is the biggest stock crash in 87, right? Yes. In the late 80s. And we follow three characters. One who's named Maurice or Mo. That's Don Chido, who kind of owns this uh, investment firm. But they're not the top dogs. They're like number 11. But he's kind of like the standout of that firm. Uh, he's the face of it. And then there's Blair, who just recently had a college, got his MBA, and he has this algorithm, and he wants to test it out on the, in the stock market. Well, he but has an algorithm. That's supposed to, like, make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, And then there's Don, who is kind of uh, Don Cheadle's, like, secondhand person. Yeah. And she's just kinda dealing with him, kinda correcting his mistakes.
1: We're supposed to understand that they're they've known each other before yeah, they have a past, before like, the riches. Yeah.
0: And yeah, and then uh Blair kinda has bad luck and he doesn't really land the job he wants and he has like an altercation.
1: Well, he has an unfortunate run in with Mo.
0: Yeah. And then he kind of which like
1: spirals into a very bad day for him.
0: And his wife is like, You need to go get your job Girlfriend. back. Well, okay. It inspired into a bad day for him, and he was not going to be able to work anymore. His girlfriend was like, no, you got to go back and get your job. And they kind of, like, challenge each other. And he's, Mo's going to let him work if he accomplishes this. If not, he's going to take his car.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: then things kind of just leave off there, sort of. Except there's a twist ending.
1: Yeah, it was a very interesting twist ending yeah. that makes us into... Uh, a mystery,
0: yeah, kind of this mystery. Well, all right, kind of like let's, Desperate Housewives. Let's start <laughs> off like they, there is this mystery around the show, and that's something that we talked about. It's around a mystery around these characters, but also a mystery of like how the stock market crashed because mm-hmm. they say or they set it up as like we don't know if that's true. I mean, well, sorry, no, nothing's really known about the stock market crash. Yeah, but you brought something up. And you're like. This could be, like, a historical piece of fiction where, like, it's not accurate, but it's, like, what could have happened.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So, as a viewer, we're led to believe that these are events that unfolded right before, that caused the stock market crash of 87. But there's no real way to prove it, right?
0: Yeah. But in terms of, like, first impressions, what did you think of the first episode?
1: I really enjoyed the first episode. Yeah. I think it was... It was really well done. Very well acted, stylized really well.
0: Yeah. Well, I, one of the first questions I asked you in the other podcast was, uh, "I in the agree, last episode." I agree. <laughs> I agree that it's kind of like stylized, but it's also part of the genre that I, I mentioned last time, which is the Wall Street effect or like everything that came after Wall Street that's in that similar style, like these morally reprehensible characters who are kind of just living and, like, doing horrible things. But we're amused by them. So, like, how does this fare and compared to that one? Is it, like, these are less reprehensible? Like, can we identify more with them? Like, how does how does this look compared to something like Wolf of Wall Street?
1: How does this compare to the movies? Yeah.
0: Difference in tone, difference in, like, style. So,
1: well, we've talked about how much we love David Cassidy's work. Yeah. With happy endings. Mm-hmm. And this is very much a David Caspi show. Well, David Caspi characters in the Wall Street gritty world. Yeah. The, the down and dirty world of Wall Street, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Yeah. So this is more like, a, we. it feels weird saying it over and over again. Mm-hmm. But this is more absurdist. This is a funny, like, this is a funny show. Funny characters in a dramatic show. Uh-huh.
0: But it, yeah, it's like these irreverent, kind of like wacky characters in this kind of, it's, it's not historical drama, but like historical dramedy kind of thing mm-hmm. going on. So yeah, that feels way different. Like the writing of the characters feels, they're more like quirky, dynamic, crazy, not like pieces of shit, smart asses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you compare some of the dialogue, it's a little more flashy. Not as like...
1: But it also kind of reminds me of the style of what is it? Aaron Sorkin, like mm. like very fast talking, like I feel like there's always a lot of action in the scenes. Yeah. There's like so much action no, not a lot just of in the, the words, in but the also dialogue. in like Yes. But also in like what they're doing, and you know, yeah. Aaron Sorkin and the walk and talk, the famous walk and talk. Yeah. That's kind of what it like it reminded me of too. Like
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of It's like action. Aaron Sorkin meets Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. It felt sharper, more hurtful in, in Wolf of Wall Street. This one felt a little more playful, like, you know?
1: Yeah, like we're pieces of shit. Not as aggressive. We're pieces of shit, but we like, like to we're talk. Fun.
0: We like to talk fun. You know what
1: I mean? <laughs> we're quicker. Re- we the we're the indie pieces of shit.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and then uh, we were talking. We've I mean, I've regurgitated this like fifty times already, but it's obviously a depiction of the '80s, and this is this is one of the ones that falls into the category of like, it's not whitewashed and things were great in the '80s. It's not like the glam rock. It's not that lifestyle of the 80s it's more like this is the awfulness of the 80s where like drug was rampant i mean drugs were rampant and like there was just kind of a general distaste for each other Or there, no there was such an obsession with materials mm-hmm. in a way that like reached new heights mm-hmm. which is not sort of like everything was kind of fun like yeah, strange like things. this
1: is, is like a start yeah stark yeah. contrast to how the 80s has been represented before, like... In, like, pop what, like, pop culture. Yeah, like, the Mainstream. Breakfast Club and Pretty and Pink. All of the little Rat Pack... No, yeah. Rat Pack Kind of wholesome-ish. Yeah, like, things were fun. Everybody had a car. Everybody had, like, lots and lots of hairspray and yeah. shoulder blades and clothes. And everybody dressed in, like, pink and neon colors. Yeah,
0: so this one feels more like the <laughs> 80s being portrayed in that way is... Always hearkening back to the past, where things felt—I mean, in this sense, in like our political climate, things felt like a better America. And I think shows like this and things that refute the greatness of like America, because everyone used every use. Everyone usually thinks as the '80s is like that was when America was really America, because we won the civil, we won the Cold War. We uh, we just kind of like consolidated
1: like we're the only we're the only superpower. We emerge
0: as a superpower of the world and people think that that's like the greatest times but this kind of refutes that and it's kind of denying that like mm-hmm. America great again. Make America great again slogan is kind of showing you that like America's always been this. Mm-hmm. Going back to the to like some people's perceived better past isn't going to make the actual country better.
1: Yeah. And I appreciate this. I do appreciate like this turn of like narrative or I guess perspective on the 80s. Yeah. Because it like ties in so closely with like our our political climate. Climate. Our current political climate.
0: Yeah. I want to pivot a little bit to the first scene, the crash. So, describe for the audience or set it, of, set up the scene.
1: So the very first scene is a a limbo. A Lamborghini limousine. Yeah,
0: it's like a stretched um, out. Yeah,
1: like a bright red Lamborghini limousine.
0: Which is like the ultimate status symbol in the 80s.
1: Well, no, we later come to find that out. But I mean, like we can infer that it's No, but it's like ridiculous. the Lambo in general. Yeah.
0: Or the Lamborghini. The Lamborghini and the limousine. Those <laughs> are like two big status symbols in the
1: 80s. hmm This time they're combined. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the very first scene and then someone like, very quickly, like, takes us out of that kind of, like, you know, opulence or this, like, grand kind of status symbol. And then it's quickly, like, cut away by the body crashing and destroying it.
1: A body crashing and destroying it. Yeah.
0: So the body's never shown to kind of, like, be someone that we know or someone that's going to be. But it's just kind of like this, like, lifeless or not lifeless, but, like, nameless body. With all these things, like he's decorated with all these symbols of wealth. So one, it's it's the Lamborghini, the limbo Lamborghini.
1: Well, no! Okay, actually, I just remember. So no, the first, so the first thing we see is Black Monday, and like in text. Yeah. And then the explanation of what Black Monday is. So that's right? not a scene. Yeah. yeah, but the the scene actually starts off with, like, down Wall Street lots. Lots of papers flying in the air and people being depressed. Yeah. Like, businessmen, businessmen being depressed. Yeah. All the while, we see uh, the Lamborg- the Limbo passing through in, like, a... Br- yeah, like, and
0: it's, like, completely separate from everything else. Yeah,
1: like, a stark contrast to, like, the gray and the doom and gloom that's going on around it. And then, once we see that, the body flies Yeah. on it.
0: But this body kind of has, like, all these status symbols, like, jewelry... And then this pendant that's kind of like a jewel on its tie on his tie. And then that sets up the entire show. Like it's showing that we were so another refutation of like the 80s being the great. We're so obsessed with material things that people are addicted to it. That once they don't have those and once that's cut and like they are not allowed to accumulate more materials, they see no reason to exist anymore. And I think that's a good way yeah. to kind of set up the show.
1: Yeah, or even like the idea that like, like the idea that this person with so much like bl- literal bling on them, right? Like very expensive watch, very expensive suit, very expensive everything, yeah. like head to toe, like dripping in expensive things feels so like is actually penniless. Yeah. Like the idea of this, this filthy rich looking person is now penniless and has... Found like cease to have a reason for living.
0: Yeah. 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 I, 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 at first, I didn't like it. I thought it was a little too on the nose. But like, the more I, I sat with it and kind of like it, really did set up the show and it kind of gave like this big thesis of what it's going to be. Like, it huh. was the perfect like opening paragraph to what this show is going to be about.
1: And also, like, a perfect metaphor for the 80s, yeah. too. I mean, this is also the end of the 80s. Yeah. Right, like But it
0: kind of seems like the punctuation to such a, like, self-obsessed or, like, materialistic generation. This feels like it's, this is where the tides turn.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, this is going to be the end. Because, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think of the 90s as kind of, like, that's where everybody was depressed. Like, there was, like, a lot of suicides. There was school Grunge. shootings. It was, like, grind. Like, just, it felt more emotional. And there's, like, a lot of goth music, things like that. So, yeah, the the 80s kind of, like, end towards the late 80s. And I think this kind of marks that.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, the 80s, I mean, in popular culture is always superficiality. Mm-hmm. Like, big, flashy things. Yeah. But at the end, they're, they're pretty, like, superficial. They're very vapid. Yeah. There's no real meaning behind it. They're just for show.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's what that body means. Yeah.
0: So the show is kind of it's it's a lot dirtier than Wolf of Wall Street, which you said looked kind of clean and kind of like pristine, like this is like what rich people would kind of live like, but not as like dirty as like being in Wall Street, where like everybody they're in an office, but like they everybody look kind of sweaty. Yeah, everybody looks in sweaty. the show look a little sweaty. Like yeah. they look
1: good, but they look they look sweaty.
0: Like it it they kind of look like they sprayed on perfume over like a bad scent
1: over all of the cigarette smoke yeah. <laughs> in the buildings
0: and like all the cocaine breath or something yeah you know what i mean like everybody looks kind of grimy like even the city kind of looks kind of grimy it's mm. not as like this rose tinted yeah
1: like uh, yeah like everything looks there's like a there's a grime layer of grime yeah, to everybody like a layer of dust on even like when they show a clip of like, like a club like yeah. it just looks yeah, it's like not not hip. Yeah, I, no, no, it looks very hip, but it just it what? didn't look clean. Yeah, it look like looks cheap. Yeah, looks cheap. artificial. Yeah,
0: I I I noticed some things about the show and like I think that 1980s shows get to escape the like PC culture that's going on now. I think that they get to get away with like a lot of shit because they talk they they place it in a time where like this kind of identity politics is like woke politics that we have now don't dominate culture and they didn't dominate culture in that way back then. So yeah, like there was, I, we didn't even mention the scene in the last podcast we recorded, but when Andrew Reynolds is Blair, he's, he's gonna use his algorithm to make money for Maurice that one of the guys like pulls his dick out and puts it on his, on his shoulder. Remember that? And I'm like that kind of shit. If we were to see it now, it'd be like, Sexual, like, it'd just be, like, sexual soul and, like, all these kinds of things, but it was such a casual thing there that that it made it seem like that's something that would happen back then, because mm-hmm. it was such a, like, like, literally a guy took his dick out. Yeah. Like, it was, a you know...
1: Yeah, shows like that, like, kind of, like, laugh it. laugh in the face of PC culture. Yeah. Because, like, like even, like, us being in the product, like, the millennials that we are, like... I think we were both, like, shocked that that... Like, it was hilarious, but we were also kind of shocked. Like, you took note of it, you know, right away. Yeah. We're like, oh, I like, what's like, happening? What <laughs> <fuck?"> <laughs> but, yeah, like, at no point in time does this, like, out of place for them, you know? Like, everybody thought it was hilarious. Yeah. We were the ones who were just, like, taken aback by it. Yeah, I mean, we, we also felt- thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I think that
0: made us feel like it was kind of a time capsule. Like, mm-hmm. it was something... Especially like, in where it is. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, this is what they did in the good old days. Not necessarily <laughs> that, but it was just like the absurdity. It feeds into that absurdity. Yeah. Of, like weird things, which I think is is interesting to see because David Caspi never gets to play around with this like kind of more like adult, like lewd acts mm-hmm. because he was restrained for like network television. Network television. Also, like, the acting. You're a really big fan of the acting.
1: Mm-hmm. Don Chido. Yeah, but he, he's great. But he also has played this character before in mm-hmm. like he's the House exact he's yeah he's the exact same character as as marty right?
0: and it's crazy how like he talks about being black but in like a it's i don't know it didn't feel like empowered black it just felt like i don't know maybe it's because they're in a in business and that's his creed instead of like being black like again the identity politics just wasn't there in this show like mm-hmm. it, it was not present which i don't think it would, would be present in like such a like, boys club.
1: hmm I mean, yeah, the fact that he's black, the fact that there's only one woman working like that, like, it's just, it is what it is. Like, yeah. there's no, there's no real mention of it. Yeah. I guess, because it was like, you were lucky if you made it back then, yeah. right? So why, like, stick your, stick out even more by mentioning that you're black or yeah. mentioning that you're the only woman? Yeah, yeah, Because, yeah. like, you're lucky that you're, you that you made it in, through the door. Yeah. But yeah, like, the acting, like, like I said, the acting is great. Don Cheadle's always amazing. I love yeah. I love watching him. But also Regina Hall was really good.
0: She was. Yeah, I feel like Regina Hall never gets her chance to shine in something a little more serious because she just kind of gets relegated to like the same roles over and over. Yeah. Well, I mean, this one feels kind of the same, but it feels like she could play with like being an actress, not necessarily just a comedian.
1: Are you saying this, though? Because she's in primarily predominantly black media
0: no i'm saying it because she's always relegated to like non-dramas like it's never it's always like romantic comedies or just comedies it's not like a dramatic role like Mm -hmm. this this is comedic and like the way shameless was comedic like crazy things happen but like it wasn't a comedy comedy where like you'd laugh at everything there's wacky situations that makes it a dramedy but it's mostly drama and i think she's gonna be able to like Show her acting chops in the way that, like, she can't show it in a scary movie or, like, uh, think like a man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing her because, like, her character is also really strong. Yeah. Like, it looks like, like, I- I'm excited to hear about their backstory yeah. and, like, how she got to where she is now and, or how they decided to go into investment banking. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, because she's kind of... She's definitely hardened. Like, she's kind of one of the boys and they made it seem like.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, she seems very, like, comfortable there. Yeah. She seems like she's made... And also, everybody, like, respects her, too. Yeah,
0: for what she's done, Mm -hmm. for the company, and, like, as a businesswoman. One of the things I noticed recently with this and, like, things that... I mean, I forgot to mention it, but Wolf of Wall Street also birthed Big Short and Vice. And we recently watched Vice... And I noticed this theme of, like, women kind of shadow running the world in the 80s. Like, Dick Cheney, or I think it was the 70s at that point. In that same vein of, of like, the, thematic storytelling. Right? Yeah, like,
1: the, the behind every great man yeah. is a great woman.
0: Yeah, yeah, And I was just like, so Dick Cheney was kind of like this loser. And then his wife kind of, like, tells him to, sh- to shape up. And if you don't shape up, then I'm going to kind of leave you.
1: Yeah, because she can't. Do the things that he can that he can do. Yeah, as like a, she had as a man the
0: awareness to well,
1: know her as a woman.
0: Yeah, as a man. What do you think it says about like our culture now? Like,
1: well, also we have to explain why this is tying into the episode because Casey Wilson, who is Blair's uh, girlfriend, Mike, girlfriend, girlfriend, like slaps him and tells him to man up and tr- and get a get uh, get his job back or get mm-hmm. a job. Or, you know, she's going to leave him. Yeah. And that ties into what you were talking about, Vice. That, that Like, that's the same thing that Amy Adams' character does. And, yeah. Well, so, I like, mean, women kind of motivate
0: but... men to, like, be better people. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, men do- being the go-getters. It's kind of, like, disputing that. And it seems kind of like a white feminist take on, like, yeah, m- women actually make men better. But, like, I don't know.
1: It's more like this, this is the role of stratifying gender roles you know is the woman is strong too but in a different way than a man yeah and you know the man needs the woman because she gives him the initiative the motivation to keep going yeah you know and that's it seems like
0: like feminism 101 instead of like intersectional or like you know what I mean
1: it doesn't feel like feminism
0: no it feels like just woman empowerment versus feminism yeah yeah I guess. No? Yeah, no, no, no. Like, p- the way that they're addressing, like, the gender issue is just by saying that these were really strong women. You know what I mean?
1: hmm like, Yeah. Well, the are- messaging is lost. I, if that's what they're going for, like, that's not really what no? translates. Right? No?
0: I don't know. The reason I say it's, like, entry-level feminism or, like, entry-level woman empowerment is because it's not, like, two exceptional women doesn't make, like a whole generation of strong women you know what i mean like it's kind of mary suing it where like these are two really great women but they're not
1: but they're great in relation to a man
0: yeah exactly like it still feels like it's in service to the man it still feels like to the antithesis. man to the patriarch it feels like antithesis instead of like real characters it feels like they just reverse the roles kind of thing You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. But I feel like there's an actual... move, There's a name for it. I feel... But in feminism is... It's an uh, interesting
0: theme that we've been seeing. Trend. Trend. Like, what what does it say about our current culture? Like, is that what's barely breached? See, I... No, I think saying that it's white feminism is kind of like... That's barely where Hollywood has gotten to. It's not ready for all the intersectional shit yet. Mm -hmm. What it can do is give you a few very strong men but talk about how they were really put up by strong women and it was women's responsibility to like or not women's responsibility but it was women's doing that these men got so far
1: can i mean those are the two most recent examples but can you name other like other shows or movies that do this because i feel like yeah where women are like the strong characters that motivate the motivate the man
0: we just saw jackie
1: Oh, we didn't just
0: see it. Well, that was like two years ago, but like that movie is in the same way. Like it kind of, it's a, it's a revisionist history that looks at when it put, it places these women who were seen as like periphery, but they were actually very like pivotal. Hillary Clinton is another example of that. Mm-hmm. Like, like most real, people say no, that she made Jackie like, Elizabeth. she was like, she had real, she made actual waves in the presidency more than people thought. Mm -hmm. like she wasn't just like a wife she was consequential and i think that's important to think well also
1: amy adams character in uh justice league
0: yeah but also we just saw that one movie first man she was a strong woman who was like she was making all the decisions at home and she was kind of like living for herself you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like she had to make for her own because her husband was absent but she held it down at home
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like she didn't I don't know. Like, she didn't necessarily need him. She wasn't, like, begging. Roma, same thing. This man was terrible, though, but that one shows more about how, like, women are doing it on their own Mm -hmm. without a man. And I think...
1: Sisters are doing it on their own.
0: Yeah. I I think the message got really muddled. (laughs) But, yeah. You get what I'm saying, right? (laughs) Like, that's where Hollywood's at. You know what I mean?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. The surrealism... Oh yeah. And the absurdity of the show and how that
0: like I think the bug-eyed lens lent to that lent into the kind of surreal elements. Also like these the the setting really like it felt like a depiction of what what would happen. It felt like again, historical fiction like writing about what could have possibly happened instead of like being so f- factual and like in service to like a historical telling of it. Yeah, the like
1: abs- the, the absurdity and the surrealism it almost grounds it in a way, yeah, doesn't it? Like I think so.
0: Like yeah. what what should separate it and make it feel like it's like a, a completely separate thing, it, it ends up making it feel real.
1: Yeah, because it like it really shows us cuz that's how the 80s were to a lot of people. Yeah. The 80s were ridiculous. The 80s were, the, People accumulated so much wealth, they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And it was like outlandish and people were just, they were just doing crazy shit all the time, right? Yeah. And the absurdity of the show helps us really put things into perspective.
0: Yeah. I think so too. I, I totally agree. I think you, you said it. You said it well. I, I, I agree.
1: We actually talked about Wolf of Wall Street a lot more last time. Yeah. And how I thought, you thought Leonardo DiCaprio's character looked bad. Like, he looked like a bad guy. Yeah. Like, he looked so. like an asshole. And, I mean, I agree. I think he looks like an asshole. But I don't. I think he, to me, watching him, he looked like a rock star. Yeah. Like, he just did all of this shit and he got away with it. And he's now a life coach. Like, yeah. just living his life like a regular person. And, you, even and though this he did show. Such fuck, he did such fucked up shit.
0: This show didn't feel that, like. It didn't have as much redemption for you.
1: Yeah, it didn't feel like he was a rock star. I feel like he, it felt like he wanted like mo, like he wanted, wanted that lifestyle, but he's not there. Yeah, yeah, he like wanted to be the rock star, but he more than anything he was lonely and sad. Yeah, like it showed how he can be surrounded by money and he, like he literally threw a party for himself and invited all of these people, and Michael Jackson showed up, and he he was lonely.
0: There's definitely more of a sadness. It didn't feel as like, but I think that Wolf of Wall Street, we talked about the ending, where like they turn the camera and they kind of just show the audience. Mm-hmm. We're like, yeah, look, we look at how terrible this is, but like he found a way to make it fun. And I think that's what's challenging about that movie is that like they're terrible people and they had, their life had real repercussions to real people, but he managed to make it fun and you enjoyed it. But, so what does that what... say about you?
1: But I think that that message is lost.
0: I don't think so. I think
1: that message is lost. I mean, maybe not to you, maybe not to you. But I think to like the, the average viewer that watches it, he's just like shit. Like Leo, Dick- what's his name? What's Jordan Belfer? Jo- yeah, like Jordan Belfer. Like he, like he fucked shit up back in his day. Yeah, you know, like but like and kind of like he's a legend. Like I that's don't know. something too I felt like there was there was like to.
0: there was like a pathetic kind of feel to him. Like, I think, okay, maybe there's two ways to watch it. It's the person that you're thinking of, the one that's like, "Whoa, look, like he's a legend, he's someone to look up to. Or there's the other one who's just like, no, this guy's terrible. We don't want to, we don't want to be that. But that like infantile kind of like, you know, like adolescent lifestyle says more about Americans than it says about him just being a bad person. Cause I think that, What he represents is, like, the ultimate version of the American dream, Mm -hmm. which is, like, do whatever you can for this crazy amount of riches. Like, the harder you work, the more despicable you are, the more wealthy you are, and the more happy you are, because that's what we ultimately want. And I think it's a reflection, like, a dark reflection of America and our obsessions with, like, materials. Mm -hmm. This show continues that. But, yeah, you're right. It has, like... (laughs) It has, like, a sadness to it. There's, like, a bigger sadness to all the characters.
1: I think, yeah, I think this show is, shows that loneliness that comes with this accumulation of wealth. Yeah. Like, that you do have to be an asshole. You do end up lonely. You do end up alone on your birthday, you know, with your robot butler instead of surrounded by, like, people that genuinely love you and care for you. Yeah. Because you cut them all out of your life in some way or another. Yeah, and I don't think Wolf of Wall Street really shows that to me. Maybe I have to just mm-hmm. rewatch the movie, but I, I I really do think that for a lot of people, they're gonna say they're gonna look at Leo DiCaprio's character as something to aspire to.
0: Well, I think that's what makes it a complex piece of art is like it does not deal in moralizing. When, when a movie has a moral, that's when it like you lose. Kind of the interpretation. Yeah, This one is like, you're welcome to choose whatever you want. If you're someone who hates this motherfucker, this is also for you. It's just, you're going to have to make the decision on your own. If you have fun with it, then that's the kind of person you are. And that means that you're kind of despicable. But you can also see it as like, this guy's terrible. But I also had fun watching how terrible he was. I, Tanya was another one that mm-hmm. kind of felt like Wolf of Wall Street or, like the Goodfellas. Like, that Scorsese kind of, like, these shitty guys doing crazy shit and kind of getting away with it.
1: That's what I mean, that, like, these are actual people that did get away with it. Whereas, like, if it's, like, fictional, that's okay. Like, I think my problem with it is that people are associating the idea of, like, the bad guys getting getting away with it with real people. And I think that's the scary part for me. Because these people did really fucked up things. Dick Cheney was really fucked up, but at the end of the movie, it I don't like. It feels like he got away with it.
0: No, see, I disagree. We have talked about this. I think that Vice does not have it. It can't compare it to to Wolf of Wall Street because Wolf of Wall Street had no moralizing. Vice had a very strict moral that like this guy ran the world and he was a piece of shit about it. Like he did it for his own self-interest. Like he went to war for oil, just because he wanted more money. Like he was he was interested in his own self. He wasn't interested in like the well-being of everyone. He treated everyone as like objectives or like objects. He just wanted certain things from them. Whereas Wolf of Wall Street is just straight up like, this guy got away with it, and that's the way the world works. There's no like happy ending. He got away with it, and he's still rich, and people look up to him, and that's the way the world is. Mm-hmm. I think doing that has more artistic value, because it doesn't, it, it doesn't still... create, like, an easy-to-identify-with character. It but, still okay, tells the so story.
1: I, so I think, to me, what happens, though, is, like, take 500 Days of Summer. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be, like, the, de- the deconstruction of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Right, maybe we're going to into like themes and you know and how people interpret them, or I'm going maybe. But Five Hundred Days of Summer was supposed to be like the anti rom com. Yeah. But in the but people think of it as like this cute, scene. like that's where people fell in love with Zoe Deschanel's character of like the manic piece of dream girl, see, but like, now, she's no, like cute and
0: quirky. But so they you're lost talking about. The
1: meaning completely.
0: See, but now you're talking about. You're still talking about like interpretations. There are two ways to read that movie. You can read it as like But what I'm saying is that the majority like of the people
1: misinterpret it.
0: Yeah, but that's that's it has multiplicity. And I think that's what makes it a good piece of art. Like there's something for everybody.
1: But I think it's irresponsible. I don't think is so. What I'm trying I don't to think say. there's such things as
0: irresponsible art necessarily. I don't think that every piece of art has to have a political message. Or a cultural like significant message. It can just be a critique or satire or parody. Or like a complete surreal abstract version of telling our reality. It Doesn't necessarily have to have these traditional borders of storytelling. Where like we have to have changed by the end of it. He was a piece of shit in the beginning. And he was a bigger piece of shit by the end of it. And I think that breaks the form and makes a completely new genre that's more interesting to me because Mm -hmm. it's it's subversion and not only is it subversion for subversion's sake it's just these are just terrible people it's not Mm -hmm. like you just flipped it it's just there's not these easy markers of like traditional storytelling so what would you rate it (laughs) on 1 to 5
1: I would rate it a 4.5 I think it's one of the best pilots that I've seen in a very long time. And I'm really looking forward to solving the mystery.
0: No. Because the way it's kind of laid out is that, like, one family might have caused this entire crash.
1: Mm-hmm. Or one, like, the, one the, action. Yeah, the of events of three
0: people caused so much destruction. For Like, it also feels like being irresponsible. Like, one of the themes is, like, being irresponsible with your power and wealth. Mm-hmm. And like disrupting it for everyone, just because you were trying to gain more. Yeah. You also really liked the acting, that's part of the score, right?
1: Mm-hmm. That's it. The acting was great, but I've already, i I feel like I've said the acting was great like thirty times throughout the yeah. episode. Yeah, I think it it ties in with a lot of the themes we're seeing in, in politics today.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's like a refutation of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm gonna agree. I, I four point five. It's really funny. It's hilarious. It's like electric. I, I described it. Um. Yeah, I agree. I think four point five is a good score. I think it was a show that was like, it felt well rounded. It felt like the world was lived in. It felt like, this kind of like grand but dirty world of like, it felt like the underbelly of the '80s or like the '80s they don't want you to know about, but you couldn't look away. They, it was stylized, but, like, in a way that you you enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Um. The acting was great. The music was really good, too. The One of the things you really liked was the intro. The Showtime intro?
1: Oh, yeah. The, they changed it to...
0: Like, retro. Yeah,
1: like an 80s yeah, Showtime really, sign. It was just, like, really fun to watch, too. Mm-hmm. The costumes were great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, it wasn't, like... Like, they didn't look stylized and, like kind of modern like Like don chito's wig looked fucking bad like it looked
1: his suit was really bad like his first suit that he had on like it just looked bad like it looks like it's from the 80s yeah which i like like it doesn't they didn't make 80s fashion it wasn't about glam 80s fashion meets 2019 it just looks like 80s fashion yeah which looks which means outdated to us
0: exactly how long do you see it going for
1: I would like just three. I would like it to be short and sweet. Mm-hmm. But it'll probably go on to five. Ideally, think, it would stop at four.
0: For me, it's three. Like three and that's it. I don't want it to go past that. I feel like if you go past that, you, you run the risk of like overextending the characters, overextending the story. Like it's, it feels like a kind of a short-ish story.
1: But short time, is short time shameless too? Yeah. like And weeds no shows end ever
0: and dexter yeah that's it, it just fucks everything yeah up.
1: like i feel like five is like a very
0: sensible ending <laughs> yeah like, like breaking back too
1: sensible yeah
0: my prediction of the show is that it'll go three seasons and i hope it doesn't go any further i think that's it
1: that is it right yeah yeah
0: that's it thank you guys for listening my name is caesar
1: and i'm karen
0: and we're going to go to sleep because I'm fucking tired (laughs) peace
1: bye okay three two one it's jam